I started my first business when I was 14 years old and I created a professional web design business where I created websites for entrepreneurs. But in truth, I don't necessarily consider myself a true entrepreneur until several years later after I had graduated college and I got out with an education degree that I couldn't use for anything more than substitute teaching because there were no positions open anywhere near me. And once I graduated and I started my photography business, then I started to actually study the industry. I studied business, I studied marketing, I studied strategy, I studied photography, I studied design, and I really started to put my effort into building a true business that would thrive and would carry me through adulthood. Now, don't get me wrong, I did well as a 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old web designer for being a teenager running a business back in the day, but I think my success truly came from after I got out of college and I started my photography business. That's when I really started to learn what I was doing and I started to fail with what I was doing because we know when we just get into businesses, when we're just starting out, we're going to make some mistakes and we have to learn from those mistakes in order to thrive and learn what we're doing to really, really, truly succeed inside of our businesses. And so I started to fail when I graduated from college and I started my photography business and I started to succeed when I graduated college and started my photography business. So I had those bumps along the way and I also had the successes along the way. And today I want to talk to you about the top five business mistakes that I made so that you don't have to make those mistakes as well. Because now, more than a decade later, I have an incredible business. I have several incredible businesses, but it took a while to get there, and I had to learn, and I had to hit those road bumps, and I had to make mistakes. I had to fall on my face and pick myself back up and learn and pivot and change what I was doing to make sure that I was working the proper way within the industry to grow my businesses. So today, we're breaking down the mistakes that I made so that you do not have to if you're just starting out in business or even if you were a seasoned entrepreneur and maybe you aren't doing some of these things. So let's dive in and let's talk about mistakes that I wish that I had corrected earlier in my business because it could have made my business grow much faster and much stronger. So if you're a note taker, you're going to want to get something out right now because these five things are really going to make a huge difference inside of your business. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to Social Media for Bosses, Friends, the place to be to create a profitable business through smart social media marketing. I'm your host, K.M. Robinson, best-selling young adults author and social media strategist to some amazing entrepreneurs who are doing incredible things in their businesses right now. I'm so glad that you could join me today as we discuss mistakes that people often make inside of businesses that they don't necessarily have to make. And we're going to talk about how to avoid those and how to fix those, how to correct those to make sure you're growing faster and stronger without making the same mistakes that I did. The first and the most important one is that I did not create my newsletter soon enough within my business. I did not realize for the first couple of years of my business that I needed a newsletter. And a lot of entrepreneurs do not realize that they need a newsletter. But why is a newsletter actually important? We have social media. We've got websites like we have ways to connect with people, right? If we've got all of those things, why is a newsletter so important? And why are so many people talking about how important their newsletter actually is to their business? Well, this is actually because 
we do not own social media. We have no control over social media. Do y'all remember a little thing called MySpace? Back when I was in high school and college, MySpace was the place to be with all of their glittery gifts and the amazing things that they had out on that crazy little platform. MySpace was the most important social media platform, period. Until it wasn't. Now, MySpace isn't even a thing. Like, we don't consider MySpace anything these days, and people don't really remember the platform. It faded into oblivion, and any social media platform can do the same. Let's just think about this logically. Sometimes the algorithms are going to mess up. Sometimes people are going to get mad and report our pages on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and we're going to have our accounts removed, suspended. We could get banned from the platform. We could do things that are against the terms of service and end up with our content not being seen by people. And we know on social media, their goal is to get people onto the platform so that they can serve them ads so that they can make money, which means our organic reach is going down and down and down by the day. Social media is great for having conversations and introducing ourselves to our potential new clients and to interact with them and to tell them what's going on inside of our businesses. But at any moment, we could lose our accounts. The platform could go bankrupt. They could completely discontinue a social media platform. And what would we do? We then lose our access to Everyone and everything, all of our followers, all of our viewers, the people who are interacting with us are all gone in the matter of seconds. But our newsletters are always ours. They're always a way to reach out to our followers and they can't miss our content. Let's just think about this. When we post on Instagram, how many people actually see our posts? Is it all of our fans? Do all of our fans see our posts? In an ideal world, that would be amazing, but we do not live in an ideal world. We live in a world where the algorithms test to see if our content is worthy of showing more people, and if it isn't, it's shown to less and less and less people. But our newsletters, those end up in people's email inboxes no matter what. They can't miss our newsletters unless they actively delete it without reading it. So no matter what, people we'll see our newsletter content. They will have access to that. And nobody can take away our followers. Once they sign up, once they subscribe to our newsletter list, they're there unless they unsubscribe. You don't randomly lose followers on your newsletter. Once I started my newsletters in my different businesses, I saw such incredible growth because people could hear from me every single week in their inbox without fail. And then they could decide what to do with that content if they wanted to click on my links, if they wanted to go do something on my website or watch a video or whatever I happened to be putting out to them that particular week. They had that content and that information in front of their eyes and at their fingertips and they could make their decisions from there. But with social media, only some people got to see it, and even less people chose to leave the app, the platform, the website that they were on to go look at things outside of that. So newsletters are monumental inside of your business because it always reaches the person. They cannot miss your content unless they choose to actively delete it or not check their email. But everybody in the professional world checks their email. Uh, people who have children have to check their email. So very, very, very few people do not check their email at this point in our lives. And you have the ability to send out 
intentional and professional long-form content so that people can get information from you and see your new products, your services, the things that you're doing, how you're building up your audience, what you can do for them. You're giving them really good, meaningful, engaging content. And then every once in a while, you also get to pitch a little bit, which is great and amazing. And you can't do that on social media. And so if I had been able to go back in time, I would have told myself on day one before I went public with anything that I needed to set up a newsletter and have my freebie ready to go and then have a email sequence to welcome them and onboard them into my business of a couple of different days of worth of content that would get sent out automatically to them. And I would have that ready to go before I did anything else. But even before I set up my social media, my number one priority would absolutely be my newsletter second only to creating my website and that's only because people actually need content to know what I'm about to then make the decision to sign up for my newsletter. My newsletter is far more important and far more valuable than any social media platform is within all of my businesses and should be for yours as well. So the very first thing, the most important thing I would do is to create my newsletter right off the bat and learn how to do a newsletter effectively because not everybody does. Now, the second mistake that I made inside of my business is that I did not bring in guest speakers in my business early enough, I took a very long time to get other people to come in and educate on what I was also talking about. I did not get people to come on my live streams or on videos. I did not get them to come write articles for me. I did not get them to interact with my platform. And when you bring in other people to speak on your behalf and to bolster up what you are teaching, what you're educating on, what you are offering for products or services, when you bring in those other people, they also bring in their fan base. And it brings in credibility to your business. So for a very long time, I did the dang thing on my own. And then when I realized that I could have people on my shows, on my live streams, hanging out on my website, on my blog, on whatever content I was creating, then... I started to see the benefits of bringing in guest speakers, people who could speak on my behalf, who could back up what I was saying, what I was teaching, what I was offering, people who could speak to my audience and raise them up on a new level, and people who could bring in their own audiences so that I could get exposed to more and more people. Now within my business, I would rather have somebody come in and teach something as an authority that goes with what I'm teaching, that is adjacent to what I'm teaching or speaking on or offering inside of my businesses than to do it myself. Now, there are certain areas that I'm the expert on. I don't bring on other people who are less knowledgeable than me in an area, but I always make sure that I am bringing in people to back up what I'm saying, to be adjacent to what I am teaching, and to help my audience to grow in a way that maybe I can't, or that backs up what I am saying to give that more credibility to get my people to take action. I love bringing in guests and highlighting what they know, what they do, what they offer, what they create, and then showing them to my audience to help grow my audience as well, both in terms of their knowledge, but also in the number of my audience because they bring in an audience as well. Bringing in guest speakers, one of the best things that I can be doing for my business. And I have seen over the years in all of my different businesses, I spiked in my numbers when I was bringing in other people to speak on my behalf. So find other people you can work with in your area or a similar area to yours that will benefit your clients and the people paying attention to you in some way, and then give them a space on your platform. 
Let them speak. Let them teach. Let them educate. Let them talk. And this doesn't just have to be someone who's knowledgeable and educating on things. It can also be people speaking about you. So your clients, people who have worked with you, your students, bring them on and show off their successes. Let them give you client quotes while you are on air, while you're recording, while you're doing a video, while you're doing a podcast, whatever it happens to be. Bring in people who have worked with you who are going to come in and speak on how they grew because of you. It's a really great way to not only get that social proof for your business, but to also grow what you are doing inside of your business. I love, love, love working with guest speakers. And yeah, it takes a little bit of work to get that organized, but oh, is it worth it? I would go back and I would tell myself, to get people to come speak inside of my business way earlier, whether it was my courses, my live streams, the different coaching things that I was doing, the products that I was offering, or if it was something that could bolster what I was teaching or speaking on or educating on. And I recommend that you are bringing in people to your business as well. Now, the third thing that I completely regret inside of my business is that I did not set myself up for speaking gigs early enough. I actually did the thing on my own. I created my own content for my own website, for my own platform, for my own live stream. Everything that I was doing was for my own platform. I did not go out and speak on other people's platforms and I severely regret doing that because when I can get on live streams and podcasts and websites, when I can speak at different events, that gets me in front of a new audience. That introduces me to the audience of the person who is hosting me or the event that's hosting me. This gives me more credibility. It gives me a place to speak. It gives me a place to teach. And it gets me in front of an audience who is ready to hear me. Not only is it just giving me that credibility that I had a speaking engagement somewhere, but it's putting me in front of an audience that is ready to hear from me and then to come follow me, to maybe even buy from me. This is so incredibly huge. So it builds up your credentials. It gives you the ability to show people that others want to hear from you so much so that they hired you or booked you for an event, whether it's a live stream, a podcast, or an actual in-person event. And it builds up your credibility within that, but It also gets you in front of an audience who's ready to hear from you so that you can grow your fan base, your audience, your students, your members, your clients, the people that could potentially be paying you for things. I think that it is so incredibly important to be a voice. And it doesn't just have to be speaking where you're using your actual voice. You don't have to just do podcasts and live streams and in-person speaking events, but this can also be things like being quoted in articles. So I've been interviewed by different national news companies and I've been in different articles. I've been on different websites and blogs and different magazines, and these are all speaking gigs as well. So it doesn't just have to be you on stage or you on camera or you on audio speaking and teaching and educating. It can be be inside of printed things as well. And in the same way, it gives you that level of credibility so that people are being introduced to you as a leader, but they're also aware that you are strong enough within your industry or niche that people are quoting you, they're booking you for events, they are giving you a platform in which to speak and educate and talk about what you know. 
So this is incredibly important. So the earlier you can start getting speaking gigs, the better you are going to do and the faster you're going to grow. And I wish that I wish that I wish that I knew that when I was younger and when I had first started out because it took me so many years. I actually brought in people to my business long before I started speaking outside of my business. And you know, the second you start to get these different events, you are going to start booking more and more and more and more. The second that I started speaking at conventions and events and summits, the second that I started getting quoted in national news outlets, the second that I started getting involved with virtual conventions and live streams and podcasts, the more my face showed up, the more my voice showed up, the more my quotes showed up, the more I started booking these different events. It was like this little avalanche. You start with a tiny little snowball and it snowballs and snowballs and snowballs until it is just just decimating the town at the bottom of the mountain. And this is true of your speaking gigs as well. Once you start getting a couple, you're going to start getting more and more if you're marketing this and leveraging this appropriately within your business. And so this is incredibly good for getting your name and face out there and growing your business in a very fast way. So if you haven't started getting speaking gigs yet, 100% recommend doing that right now now inside of your business. Whatever you're doing, stop and start figuring out what you can speak on, what topics you can lend your authority to, and then start looking for places that you can be speaking, whether it is someone else in your area, in your niche, in your industry, or some of the bigger players as well. And you might have to work your way up from smaller to bigger, but it's absolutely worth investing your time into doing these speaking gigs because it's going to grow your business so much faster. Now, the fourth thing that I regret in my business is that I didn't leverage YouTube the right way for a very long time. In fact, I only started leveraging YouTube appropriately inside of my business a year ago. Before that, I was just using YouTube as a dump site for my videos. So if I did a Facebook Live or if I did a webinar or if I created a tutorial video, I just kind of dropped the videos there so that people could see it in perpetuity. But I did not leverage it properly. I didn't bother with SEO friendly titles. I didn't deal with my tags. I didn't deal with playlists. I didn't have the best thumbnails. They were okay, but they were not the best. And so I've learned a lot over the course of the last year on how to build up my YouTube because YouTube is incredibly valuable. YouTube is owned by Google. So when people are searching things either on Google or on YouTube, your videos are going to become suggested content for whatever the person is searching for. So you want to make sure that you are leveraging this properly. So you have to have highly effective thumbnails. You've got to have those tags. You've got to have a very good and active description. You got to make sure that you are doing this properly so that you are gaining that watch time and growing. Now, the cool thing is I have videos from two months ago three months ago that are currently going viral. I'm talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of views. And I created these videos months ago and then I forgot about them. I moved on. I created content in a different area, but all of a sudden it's becoming incredibly relevant. And because over the last two and three months, those views and that watch time has been growing inside of YouTube, all of a sudden my videos are not only going viral, but they are consistently beating out my mentor who have millions of followers. My videos are ranking well over theirs because I did it correctly. And you know, I actually did some research on one of the mentors that I'm beating out. And she is 
incredible. She does so much. She has a seven-figure business. She is working with millions of followers. She's creating great content, but she's not really doing that well on YouTube. She's not leveraging it properly. She's doing what I did and using it as a video dump. So she's putting things there and she's getting a couple hundred views on them, maybe even a thousand or two views. But because she's not leveraging it properly, because she doesn't have the SEO, she doesn't have the really good description, she doesn't have the good title, she doesn't have the tags, she doesn't have a good thumbnail, she's not doing that well. And I am dramatically beating her out over on YouTube. And I'm beating out other mentors as well who are doing it right, but I'm doing it better. And so YouTube is great because it lives long after we post it, unlike social media where they move on. Think about it. If you're posting videos to Facebook or Instagram, people will see it right then and there in the moment. But a month later, people have forgotten about it and it doesn't show up in searches. It's not in the explore tab. It's not in the newsfeed. It was a one and done place for your videos. But YouTube Honey, that's searchable content. And here we are two and three months after I posted some of these videos and I am still going viral for them. Thousands upon thousands of views. I am getting so many subscribers. I'm getting questions and comments and interaction. I am getting people coming to me and my platform specifically from one single video I put on YouTube two months ago. And until recently, I did not know that could be a thing. I was just using my YouTube as a video dump instead of using it as searchable content. And now my business is thriving way more than it was because I created good videos that matter to people on YouTube and help to educate them and raise them up in whatever it is they're doing. And because I'm creating good content and then I'm leveraging it properly on the platform and respecting the platform the way that it should be used, I am doing so well and I am beating out. For the last month, I have been beating out one of my biggest, most popular mentors because I'm using it right and she is not. And even if she were using it properly, I would still be ranking incredibly high because I'm creating good content and I am leveraging it properly within the platform. So even if she were to beat me out for that number one spot, and actually I'm in the number like one, two, three, and four spot within some of those different niches, I believe. And so even if she were beating me, let's say she was number one and I was number two, three, four, whatever, even if I was number 18, 20 or less than that, I would still be bringing in people because it's a search engine, because people are still looking for those types of content and for those different topics. And they're going to find them months, weeks, years, whatever, after I post it. And they're still going to be able to come to me, unlike social media. So I would go back in time and I would absolutely tell myself to learn YouTube from the start because I have so many videos, so much content. I'm talking about hundreds of videos out on YouTube that I just haven't had time to go back and create them in a way that is actually going to help on the platform. I would have to go back and change titles and thumbnails and I would probably restructure some of my content. I would change up a lot of what I was doing within my strategy on YouTube to be more successful. And if I had done this five years ago instead of last year, whoo, I can't even imagine where my business would be right now. YouTube is the most important thing right now in my business is for bringing me in new clients, new people who are going to work with me, people signing up for my newsletter, all those things. The majority of people coming to me right now are through YouTube. And I'm talking about 
all of my businesses, all of them, every single one, people are coming in from YouTube more than Instagram, Facebook, the other platforms. YouTube is so important inside of my business right now. So I would go back and I would smack myself good and tell myself to learn how to use and leverage YouTube properly because it would grow my business way faster and stronger than if I had just focused on the social media platforms like I did. And that actually brings me to my fifth mistake that I wish that I had not made. And I would love to go back and tell myself to fix when I started my business a decade ago. And that is that I didn't repurpose my content nearly as much as I should have. I would create a piece of content and I would let it live as a single piece of content. So I would create a video and that would be it. I would not do a blog post. I would not do social media posts. I would not build things out into articles. I was a crazy person. I was creating so much content. You guys know me. You see what I do. I create an insane amount of content and I wasn't repurposing it. So everything I was doing... I had to do all the work for. Now, if I had repurposed that content, if I had divided it up, if I had done the articles and the social media posts and the videos and the breakout videos and the live trainings and all these things surrounding a single piece of content, I would have created way more content and saved myself a ton of time and effort and stress, but I didn't. I created my content individually each and every time, which I mean, I had great content. There was a lot that I was teaching people back in the day, but I also could have extended the life of what I was creating and really built it out. And I wish that I had done that from the start. It's something that even now, I don't always repurpose it and build it out the way that I should be. And I have to be mindful of it and remind myself that I should be building it out more than just a single video or just a single post or just a single article. And that really does come from me having a ton of ideas on content that I want to put out there. And so I'm so quick to make sure I'm building out the level of content that I'm creating so that people can get as much information and grow as quickly as possible. But I also don't build it out. So if people are only getting my content in one form, that's not super helpful. So let's say I make a killer YouTube video, but I don't write it out in article form. And I'm not putting it out as social media posts. And I'm not doing live streams about that to build into it and to supplement what I'm teaching. What am I doing there? I'm actually truncating the reach of that particular content. And I'm only speaking to a specific audience and only teaching a specific group of people. And so I have to, even now, right now inside of my business, I have to remember that I have to build things out and not just focus on the one version of what I'm creating. So I would 100% go back in time and tell myself to learn to do this early and to put this into my workflow so that I wasn't struggling all through the years on creating content that I could repurpose and build out in different areas. And even today, this is something that I still struggle with because I'm such a fast-paced person. I just want to get to the next project. I just want to teach the next lesson. I just want to do the next thing. And so I don't always remember to repurpose and to build out what I'm creating. And if I had established that in my workflow from the beginning, it would not be nearly as hard for me to remember to do it because it would just be part of my workflow. So inside of my business, I have made mistakes. I have fallen on my face. I've had to pick myself up, brush myself off, learn from what I did wrong, pivot inside of my business and create a new path for myself based on some of my downfalls. And you as an entrepreneur are gonna have to do that as well. When you start listing out these mistakes that you've made, you can learn from them and you can change what you're doing and you can pivot inside of your business to make sure that you are thriving inside what you are doing in your business. So for me, 
My five biggest mistakes were not creating a newsletter soon enough inside of my business, not bringing in people to speak inside of my business to my clients, not getting speaking gigs of my own, not leveraging YouTube properly, and not repurposing my content to build out what I'm doing to save me time and effort and to make sure all of my students, all of my clients, all of my people are learning in a way that is effective for them because of all the different learning styles that are out there. I would go back and I would do these things way earlier inside of my business because they have been game changers inside of what I'm doing in all of my businesses. And I run enough businesses that I can confidently say this makes a difference in every single business. Creating an authority ship within your business, within your industry, within your niche, incredibly important. So bringing in speakers to speak on your behalf and getting speaking gigs to create authority for yourself game changers. Having that newsletter to constantly interact with people without the fear of having a social media platform ban you or disappear or cut your reach is so incredibly important. Leveraging YouTube as a search engine, so, so, so much of a game changer. And repurposing your content to make sure all of your audience is taken care of in the way that they learn and save yourself time and effort as you are creating content so that you're never struggling to figure out what to teach next or what to talk about next or what to show off next so valuable. But I want to hear from you. What is your biggest mistake that you've made in your business that other people can learn from? Send me an email, send me a DM, get on social media, hit me up and let me know what mistake did you make inside of your business that other people can learn from and how can they learn from it? I would love to shout out what you've learned inside of your business and help other people too. So let me know what mistake did you make and how have you learned from it since? In our next podcast episode, we are going to be talking all about how you can be using quizzes inside of your newsletter to get more engagement on your newsletter to make sure that you are not sent to the dreaded spam box in people's email systems. And we're going to be talking about how this can actually benefit your business and gain insight on your clients within your newsletter in a really fun and interactive and engaging way that's kind of a sneaky little learn about your audience way. If you didn't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure you do. We're dropping podcast episodes every single week for you to grow a profitable business through your smart social media marketing. I'm your host, KM Robinson, best-selling author and social media marketing educator and speaker. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm super excited because next week we're talking all about those quizzes and newsletters, and I've been using this inside of my business for the last couple of months, and who boy, has it been been a game changer for my website, for my newsletter, and for my audience. I'm going to break down everything you need to know in our next episode. I will see you there. Until then, come hang out on YouTube. I've got some incredible videos out this week you do not want to miss to help grow that profitable business through smart social media marketing. Until then, I hope you all have a great day and stay inspired. Bye, friends.